This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. I recognize how hard this is for people, and I recognize how hard it is for me. But I have a certain set of skills that allow me to deal with this stuff. And then I realize, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. I mean, if you can find something to be grateful for, then you find something to look forward to, and you carry on. And many of you will recognize that voice. That is Canadian actor Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox was born June 9th, 1961, in Edmonton, Alberta. And if you were a child of the 80s and 90s like myself, then you probably remember him in the show Spin City, but prior to that he was on Family Ties. And then, of course, the iconic Back to the Future movies are what he's probably most well-known for. And he has received, for those efforts, numerous Emmy Awards, Golden Globes, and even a Grammy. He's also married and has four children. And he's a well-known and beloved actor as well, with a lot of successful films and shows, other than the ones that I've just mentioned, to his name. He even founded the Michael J. Fox Foundation to fund treatment and cure research for Parkinson's, which we'll come back to in a moment. And he is, whether you realize it or not, well-known for his optimism. And people wonder how it is that he's able to be so optimistic given his condition. And I suppose I forgot to mention that the reason that Fox himself is so interested in treatment and cure research for Parkinson's is that he himself has been living with Parkinson's for more than 30 years. And that's a tough diagnosis. It's a neuromuscular condition, and it causes tremors and difficulty speaking and all of the things that would make life for the average person very, very difficult and give the average person every reason in the world to be demure in their attitude, to be negative, or see the world in a jaded light. So again, people wonder how, with this diagnosis that he's been living with for longer than many of you, my listeners, and almost as long as I have been alive. And this quote actually comes from just earlier this year. It was from an April 2023 interview on CBS's Sunday Morning. And of course, the question comes up of how do you maintain optimism? How do you do that? I mean, if you look around yourself today, there's unending sources of negativity around every corner. On social media, it's doom and gloom. On TV news, it's divisiveness. And these platforms seem to thrive, and there's actually research to support this, on our anger. The more fired up we are about something, the more likely we are to engage, as opposed to reading something and going, oh, yes, I agree with that. That's great. Instead, we are presented with and inundated with negative comments, negative threads, people that we Facebook or Instagram or Twitter knows that we don't interact with a lot, but when they say something inflammatory, boy, we want to make sure that we get it in front of that person. And of course, if you work for one of those companies and you know better how this works, you may be saying that's not at all how we do it. But it certainly appears that way to the casual observer. And as the old saying goes, perception is reality. So if I and you, presumably, are just surrounded by negativity and doom and gloom and divisiveness and anger-inducing 
inputs all the time, then certainly we have our own reasons to be negative. And we've talked about this before, right? A little bit of negativity is okay, right? Negativity in the form of discomfort, because discomfort can be a change agent, can be a catalyst for us to change ourselves when we are no longer comfortable with how we speak or what we believe or how we look. We have a negative view of that thing. And that can cause us to seek out the means and the mechanisms by which we might change that thing. So a little bit of negativity can be okay. But the extremes of negativity can be debilitating and even cause us to, to stand still. If we just say, you know what, life is hardly worth it. What's the point, right? It's a very nihilistic attitude that we can adopt. I would argue the same can be said of extreme optimism, right? If, if everything is positive and rose-colored and everything happens for a purpose and everything is by design, that can also be debilitating. Because if it doesn't matter what happens because you're going to view it in a positive light, that may be an admirable trait in theory, but in actual practice, what is your impetus for change in that situation if everything is for the positive? Everything happens for a good reason, and there's always a story behind why it happened. I would argue that that can be debilitating. However, it can be a motivator, right? Because if you are extremely optimistic and you take the silver lining on everything, then what do you have to be afraid of? You can try new things. You can branch out. You can do interesting, off-the-wall actions without fear that what you're doing is foolish. Because even if it is foolish, if you're optimistic about it, hey, maybe you'll stumble onto something great. But even that is hard to maintain. It's difficult to stay positive. It's just exhausting, sometimes, it feels, to fight back against the wave of negativity that seems to wash over us on a daily basis. Because life, as we've talked about, can be an absolute assault, right? It can just be punch after punch. A difficult time at work, a family member that's hard to get along with, another difficult coworker at work, ah, your significant other, spouse, child, close family, is being difficult again. Ah, that package you ordered from Amazon didn't come in the mail in time for what you needed it for. And on and on and on. Just, again, punch after punch that we have to absorb. And we just recently talked about getting knocked down and getting back up. If you listen to the episode on the poem, How Did You Die? That is one of the questions, right? It's fine to be knocked down, but did you stay down or did you stand back up? And the ability to stand back up is at least tangentially linked to being optimistic. Why would I get back up if I didn't think that the outcome was going to be different? Why would I take a punch, get knocked down in the dirt, place a hand down, take a knee, and begin to stand back up if I thought I was just going to get knocked back down again? So you have to have a certain amount of optimism. All of this to say that there's a balance to be struck between optimism and negativity. Negativity can be good a little bit. A little bit of discomfort can be good. Optimism in doses can be good, but too much can be not good. So how then does someone like Michael J. Fox, who has all the more reason to be negative, maintain his positivity in life? Well, I'm going to play the quote for you one more time, and I want you to listen closely to what he says. Because if you can latch onto the single phrase in the middle of this that means the most and the ones that surround it and reinforce it, you'll be in a really good place. Here's the quote. I recognize how hard this is for people, and I recognize how hard it is for me. 
but I have a certain set of skills that allow me to deal with this stuff. And then I realized, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. I mean, if you can find something to be grateful for, then you find something to look forward to, and you carry on. And if you notice, the first thing that Fox says in this quote is that it's hard. It is hard for you, the outside observer, to look at him with Parkinson's and not be made a little uncomfortable. Why? Because it's unusual. And I don't mean unusual in the pejorative sense. I mean unusual in we don't interact with people who have Parkinson's very often. Perhaps you do. Perhaps that's in your line of work. Or perhaps you have a family member that is. And if so, this may not apply to you. But for the vast majority of people, interacting with someone who has Parkinson's is a rare event, if ever. So it's difficult. We don't know how to react. We don't know how to behave. It's part of the reason that anybody that has a disease or a disability or an impediment that is uncommon is difficult for the common person, the person fortunate enough to not have or be beset by those things, to interact with. It's not that people are necessarily mean, it's just they don't know how to behave. And it's also, importantly, hard for Michael J. Fox. This is a difficult disease. This diagnosis has hung over his head for 30 years, a good portion of which he continued to work in the field of acting. Now, if you can name another person who has Parkinson's disease that is also an actor or was also an actor at the time that they had that, my hat is off to you because there aren't many. But I think Fox's point in all this is, well, what choice do I have, right? What choice do you have? To just be a jerk and be angry? So I have Parkinson's. So I can be mean and cruel and angry for the rest of my life. But why? When I could be better. And then he says that he has a certain set of skills. And this isn't the Liam Neeson quote from Taken, so to speak. But what certain set of skills does Michael J. Fox have? Well, we've already talked about it. He has 30 years of experience. Which helps and... He has patience, and he has empathy, which is an incredibly powerful tool. And he has the ability to compare. His life is bad, but it could be worse. All of our lives, in fact, could be worse. That's the old quote, and I don't know who originally said it, but it goes something that there are several billion people on the planet who, given the opportunity, would snap their fingers and trade places with you in a heartbeat no matter how bad you think your life is. There are several billion, with a B, people whose lives are significantly worse. And that helps to put things in perspective. And that perspective can be developed. It can be challenged within ourselves over time to think this way, even without an incurable disease. And then he says the meat of the quote. It's probably the thing you heard and latched onto, and I hope you did. Because he says, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. As we said, the media sucks, social media sucks, comparing ourselves to others can suck. Living in the past and the future can also suck. So sustaining optimism is very difficult, and it's a fight. But gratitude is a weapon that you can pick up, and you can use to win that fight. Because, as he then goes on to say, if you can find something to be grateful for, then you have something to look forward to. And if you look forward to it, you can be happy about its prospect in the future. And if you can perpetuate that cycle, and you can continually find something to be positive about, to be grateful for, to be optimistic about, then you can look forward to something and you can be happy in perpetuity. But 
it's hard. So as we wrap up this week's episode, I guess my question to you and my question to myself, I guess, is what's your thing? What is that thing that you're grateful for? What drives you? Perhaps it's the next promotion that's coming up, something to look forward to. Perhaps it is a family member that you love spending time with. Could be your significant other, could be your children, could be both, could be your parents, could be a good friend. And looking forward to spending time with them can give you something to be grateful for, something to be optimistic about. For me, personally, it's this podcast. Every week, I get to dive into words that I'm passionate about, something that I'm interested in, and I get to bring it to you and try to package it in a way that it resonates with you in the same way that it does with me. I look forward to that. I look forward to travel, and I look forward to challenges and learning. Those are the things that get me up in the morning. And so, with those things in mind, I'm grateful that I can speak and I can write to put together show notes so that I can bring something to you. I'm grateful that I can afford to travel from time to time to places that interest me. I'm grateful that I want to be challenged, because that's not always the case. And that I have the capacity to tackle hard things. Many people's lives are much, much harder than mine. And they don't have the bandwidth to accept additional challenges, and that's okay. I'm grateful for the fact that my life allows me enough freedom to selectively take on challenges to make myself better. And I'm grateful that I have a mind that's willing to learn. So in all of those ways, I am grateful for many things. I have a significant amount of gratitude. And that gratitude for me leads to optimism. And what I encourage you to do today is decide what you're grateful for and how that makes you optimistic. And how you can use that optimism to push back against the waves of negativity that can crash at our shores every day. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod, or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.